You're listening to the Brand Matters Podcast. Thanks for joining us for episode two, A Tale of Two Phones. Last week we discussed what's in a brand, and this week we'll have two different segments. First, I wanted to take a look at how two big phone launches went this week, the iPhone X or 10, and the Xiaomi Mix 2. And then in the back half of the show, I'll discuss the importance of internal communications for your brand strategy. Okay, let's talk about iPhone and Xiaomi. Apple had to come from behind this week because so many of its big reveals and surprises had leaked out ahead of time. And that's a really important part of branding is being able to keep inside of your company what needs to stay inside so that you can time and control your brand launch. And that's something that Apple uncharacteristically lost control of. And in this case, the the leaking was really somewhat of a self-own. And I'm not saying Apple is to blame here, but I'll talk about this later when we discuss internal communications. I really believe that you have to get all your employees on board with your announcements and your branding in order to make sure that you're also externally going out at the right time and with the right information. And this is a case where choices that some employees made undercut Apple's ability to really sell and wow with the iPhone X. So if I had to choose a winner this week on on branding, I'd actually give it to Xiaomi. You look at this Mi Mix 2 phone that reviewers were, um, were sharing for the launch, and they were really quite positive. And this is a phone that amazingly is not even on sale in the U.S., but really captured U.S. media's attention. And I think it stole the thunder ahead of the iPhone, especially if you consider that Apple stole its own thunder with the leak of the um the iPhone X details. So one thing I want to talk about, you notice I'm calling it iPhone X, is is actually iPhone 10 versus iPhone X. And I know that Apple's insisting on calling it iPhone 10 just like it did with OS 10, OS X. But I think that's really a forced branding. And it's, in my opinion, pretentious or presumptuous. If Apple had listened to its customers and looked back at OS X, it would realize that the majority of customers actually did call called it OS X. And so I think continuing to to force the X10 split is is really unnatural, um, and I think I think it shows on Apple's part an unwillingness to listen to the consumer and continue to push its way. So for my part, I'm looking at iPhone and I see an X, and I'm going to call it an X. Now I don't know, maybe Super Bowl is the only other brand that forces us to read those uh, Roman numerals, but just in my opinion, I think if you have like iPhone 8, and then you have iPhone 10, and then you have all these other older models too. It's it's just confusing. So I'm gonna I'm gonna refer to it as iPhone X. And let's be honest. Even though I think that the Mi Mix 2 and Xiaomi won this week's kind of brand off between two phone launches, the truth is, I'm confident the iPhone X will be more than successful, and it's gonna make Apple plenty of money. It's gonna sell millions. But from a branding perspective, I think. Apple tried to move up market by by getting this this premium futuristic model and it dropped the ball on the way up. I really believe the iPhone is a remarkable status symbol in a lot of cultures. I think over the past 10 years it's it's become iconic. Um and and the interesting thing about the the iPhone is it had so little branding on it. Um that really what became iconic about it at first was this rectangle of glass um, and especially compared to the um, smartphones at the time that the first iPhone came out with the 
the big keyboards and the you know mechanical keyboards and so it it's amazing what what iphone has done over the past 10 years especially um you know when i was in china the iphone early on was such a a big status symbol partly because of its price but also because it had this really striking look and it's interesting because you have virtu which is the you know really expensive phones you know as a status symbol iphone compared to something like um you know, a designer purse or really nice watch or something is not actually that expensive. Certainly $800 is a lot of money for um, some countries and, and some consumers. But at the end of the day, especially with carrier subsidies, you know, the iPhone wasn't, wasn't that prohibitively expensive previously. Over time, at least in, in some markets, the iPhone lost out to uh, Samsung and the Note became this real, this better status symbol and became the the phone of the the rich man. And it's interesting to see Samsung, of course, had its own brand blow up with the um, you know exploding battery, and uh, and so this was an opportunity for Apple to uh, take some ground back. I don't think the thousand dollar price is the main issue or the main concern for the iPhone X. Certainly, I think people will hesitate at the higher price, and they'll they'll look at the eight and and the ten and and compare for a few hundred dollars whether it's really worth upgrading. You know, I'm excited. I, I think the iPhone X has a lot of potential to be this great experience, but it it is asking more of people, and I think we will see it become this this status symbol for mobile phone users. It's definitely going to be new and different. So people will want to buy it. And I expect that there will be some supply constraints early on. So you may even get some rarity involved with only a few people getting it at first. I think the fact that the iPhone X is coming out a month later is is difficult. Uh, it's hard to get people to wait. And it does take some wind out of Apple sales for for this announcement. The other issue here is, you know, the goal in branding is, of course, is to under-promise and over-deliver. And I think with the leak, Apple just got into the situation where it's almost over-promising and under-delivering. Expectations, of course, are so high that it's hard to for Apple to live up to that promise when it's in other people's minds and not under their control. But I think this is a case where the announcement just didn't seem to really take people's breath away. The other thing, um, of course, is the notch. I think that's going to be a challenge for, for the phone. Here's a chance where we can say the screen's taking up the whole phone, but there's this unsightly notch. When you consider that the iPhone brand really is the glass rectangle, at least that's what Apple argued in its lawsuit against Samsung, then this glass rectangle having this little chip out of it for the screen size is going to be a challenge to the brand. The last thing I'd say is Face ID, Apple also uncharacteristically failed the demo and Craig Federighi had to had to switch backup phones and you know it seems like Apple says that what happened is the phone was being picked up by people on stage and it locked itself to protect it and so it needed a passcode which is a feature but it's really unfortunate that Apple made that mistake in preparing this presentation. And I think that that also really cobbles the 
the Face ID and the iPhone X brand, trying to convince people to switch to facial recognition for their phones has its own challenges. And so when the tech demo itself is a failure, I think that means the adoption is going to be stunted. Going back to Xiaomi, I think what's interesting is a launch like that isn't pulled together overnight. And so Xiaomi really had to be planning for the iPhone launch ahead of time and planning their their demo units or, or review units, planning their embargoes to really land right before the iPhone. And that took a lot of um, a great execution from the marketing team. And, and it's interesting to see, you know, how it paid off. The truth is, you know, everyone knew an iPhone was coming. The date was known in advance. But there's still a lot of, you know, operations that, that go into hitting that deadline in just the right way so that you can draft off of or even preempt another company's, you know, brand moment and then claim that as your own. So kudos to Xiaomi for jumping out early and and uh, making some noise there and they happened to luck out and you know have a great product that reviewers were responsive to and then also the fact that Apple you know tripped over itself a little bit gave it um, I think a, a great week so I'm sure they're uh, they're pretty happy with the results and it's been an interesting growth process for Xiaomi, which, you know, at times has been known as a, a copier or, you know, has been, you know, criticized for being a lot like the iPhone. And with the Mi Mix 1 and Mi Mix 2, Xiaomi's gone in this different direction with the ceramic back and, and um, some of the other features. It doesn't have a notch um, on the on the big screen. And, and so this is a case where Xiaomi's getting credit for going in its own path. And, you know, that's commendable even if Xiaomi's early years were very much inspired by the iPhone and in response to it. Circling back, I think the most interesting announcement that came out of Apple's keynote was the Apple Watch. Now with cellular, I think we're one more step closer to the idea that your watch could maybe replace your phone. So, you know, I don't know what Apple's roadmap is there. I'm sure they have a lot of interest in continuing to sell you phones. I think battery life and size and and you know ubiquity. I don't I don't see phones going anywhere. But I think for the past few years we've been quite tethered to our phones. Uh, you know, if you leave it somewhere and you don't bring it with you, you're you're at a loss for be able to get around or sometimes pay for stuff or communicate. And so it's nice to have at least a a lightweight use case of taking your watch out with you for a run. Uh, or a swim and and then being able to you know access uh, make some calls or do some cellular um, and and data activities including listening to music so the iPhone X may be the future of the smartphone according to Apple but Apple Watch Series 3 with cellular is is I think maybe the the distant future when we think about where these devices are headed let me know on social media what you think are you going to buy the iPhone X? Are you going to buy the Apple Watch 3? Are you going to try and import the Xiaomi Mi Mix 2? Love to hear. Okay, let's move on to the second segment and talk about why internal communications matter. You know, if you look at companies, especially startups, 
very few have someone who's dedicated to internal communications. Often it'll get lumped in with your external comms, or it's just later on in the hiring roadmap. But I think the reason why internal communications is so important is employees are your most important stakeholders, more than your investors, more than your consumers, your clients. And the reason why is because your employees are your first line of responsibility. Without them, your company can't really do anything. There's no product to sell. There's no services to offer. There's no one to keep the lights on. So a company needs to consider as its first priority how to communicate with and motivate its employees. And that should be part of your brand strategy. We just talked about the iPhone X. And this is a case where when we think about the leaks that happened, one employee had the power to undermine and undercut years worth of work from product and marketing teams and all sorts of divisions. It is really important, not that you can stop leaks through internal communications, but I think starting with building a strong relationship with your employees and helping them to buy into the the brand's overall direction is really important to to making sure that your information comes out when it needs to and the right information gets out. Again, I'm not trying to blame Apple, but from the White House to Apple to your own company and every startup in between, we need to be thinking about how are we engaging internally as a team before we even worry about going out. You know, employees will know if you care more about your customers and your revenue than them. So a big question is, are you incentivizing your employees? Are you considering them? Are you listening to them and hearing their concerns? Sometimes employees actually see more into some of the issues with your business. And if you're not listening to them, they're losing morale because they see the issues. They're directly interfaced with the, the user and the customer. And, and they have a lot of really great feedback. And su- such a big part of communications is listening. And so I think brands need to, as part of their internal comm strategy, have a way to get that feedback. One example, you know, there's this teenage McDonald's employee recently who had this dirty ice cream machine. He said he reported it and people said it was fine. He ended up posting it on social media, which lost him his job. But, you know, this young man lost, uh, you know, one of his first jobs. McDonald's lost millions in brand credibility because of this photo of this dirty ice cream machine and, you know, can lose product sales because maybe people think twice before and buy ice cream next time. Maybe even it'll be harder to recruit because the way that the young man was treated might affect the um, other young people who consider working for McDonald's. So this is a case, again, where even one small employee who you don't even think of as an executive or, you know, as someone who's important within the chain of command has immense power to affect your brand. And so this is a case where if I think there could have been a better process for reporting things internally and, um, you know, managers could have taken more responsibility for the cleaning and, and there's just a whole chain of steps before it gets to someone just posting things on social media. And, you know, if someone wants to post, they're going to post, there's not a lot you can do about it. But this is, again, is just a reminder that your employees represent your brand wherever they go. You know, if they're wearing your badge and they're out at the, you know, out getting lunch at the bodega across the street from your, uh, from your office, people are going to be thinking how this person conducts themselves 
is associated with your company. When they're on LinkedIn or when they're on OkCupid or Facebook and they're talking about anything, that is reflecting on your brand. And so, um, you know, I think it's really important to have a great communication strategy and, and engaging with your employees to keep them, you know, help them bear some of that responsibility with dignity and empower them to say, hey, you're representing our brand. Let's make the right choices in individual moments to show our values and to, um, you know, fight for what's best for the company, but also what's best for us as a team, because a company is, you know, really is its employees. Another case, I know we've talked about this a lot this year, but you look at United and the breakdown in the, the, the policies and then, you know, individual employees getting involved and then bringing in, you know, not even contractors, but say, you know, security from, from the airport. And it just turns into this huge brand mess. And I think all of this could have been avoided if, if internally some of the employees had felt like they had the freedom to make some smart choices and say, hey, nobody's, nobody wants to get off. Let, we need to incentivize these passengers to get off. Or maybe we should think about renting a car for you know, our own employees in order to serve the customer first. So, so these are cases where there's so much power in the hands of each of our employees to, to fight for good or bad in how your company leaves an impression in the public sphere. So I hope that when your company is coming up with a brand plan, that you really also have a parallel track where you're thinking about how do we communicate internally as well. So I wanted to take these thoughts about internal communications and take it a bit more practical. So I have some applications for you as you think about the importance of internal communications. One, one question I have is, does your brand have clear documentation for your employees about how they can represent the brand? And that might mean, you know, how, how to talk about it. What's the messaging? Do you have guidelines? But I'm curious whether your employees have been trained and educated on how to be part of the bigger brand narrative and the brand story. A lot of employees go out to events and, you know, how are they conducting themselves at events and how are they representing the company? Do you have personal social media policies for, you know, understanding how your employees are talking about what they do and what the company does online and, and also, you know, in person. Another application is, is thinking about when you go to market, does your go to market plan ha include a piece that is specifically how you're going to inform your team? And if not, then I think that's something you need to consider. Again, internal communications is not an afterthought. It's not an optional piece. You don't just copy and paste your announcement and send it through the internet. We really need to consider how to get your employees on board and engaged and bought in with your own company initiatives first before we start to think about um, external launches and, and external communication. At Cheetah Mobile, we're, we're thinking together as, as um, cross-functional teams, how do we get better about internal communications? The truth is, um, that that's something that we haven't always excelled at in the past. Um, you know, different teams, whether it's the PR marketing team or our operations and support teams, we're thinking about how do we do a better job of engaging our employees with the latest that's going on in the company. Cheetah Mobile has over 2,500 employees. 
you know, we're spread out across a dozen countries, over a dozen countries, and it's a challenge. We have these cross-cultural, these multi-language barriers to, to jump over. One of the things we do internally is our CEO and our executive team hold a weekly meeting that's live broadcast to the whole company. And um, it's a combination of sharing training, company updates, but also the company vision and uh, history. You know, we'll go over kind of where a product's been and, and where it's heading. We're also working on some internal newsletters. HR is taking the lead on, um, you know, providing some some great company information on helping to show what the company's been up to and acknowledging different teams with accomplishments in their areas. Yeah, I mean, I'd encourage you as you as you think about working within your team, is there a way that you can improve your internal communications process? And, you know, not every company has the budget to hire someone full-time to, to think about internal comms, but the way that I like to think about it is just Employees are an important stakeholder and the most important stakeholder when you're doing any initiative. Making sure you have someone responsible for communicating and engaging your employees is a really important part of any initiative you do. So I hope that these thoughts have been at least a good jumping off point for thinking about how to make sure that your employees are communicated with and treated with honor and dignity and respect, and that can motivate them to just be advocates for and and strong representatives of your brand as they go out into the world and as they interface with your customers and clients. Thanks again for listening. This has been Brand Matters Podcast Episode 2, and we'll see you next week.